Hello, Behind the Service Podcast listeners. It's me, Jen Ballou, and I'm back with another episode of the Caregivers Coaching Corner. We are finishing up our series on influencers. We, over the last quite a few weeks, several weeks, have talked about environmental, physical, spiritual, mental, most recently a two-part episode on emotional influencers, and we're bringing it all home today with social influencers. Social influencers are related to the people who are around you. So while the spiritual, mental, emotional, and physical areas were more internally focused, the social area or influencers are more externally focused. Now, people's social needs and desires vary greatly. So from a social perspective, Your engagement is enhanced when you have the right amount and type of interaction that's best for you. So someone who's more introverted, for example, would probably be comfortable with being alone or with one or two people, while someone who's a little bit more extroverted might want to be part of a large group or they like to be on a team. Introverts might need alone time or they might need frequent breaks from being around people to recharge, whereas extroverts might recharge by being around people. So it's really important that you take the time to be honest with yourself about what suits you best and then create conditions that work for you versus what others say might suit you. So in general, do you tend to be more introverted or extroverted? And how well do the situations in which you interact and engage with others allow you to honor that tendency? Now, If that tendency isn't honored, how could you alter your social situations so that you can do so? An example might be that if you're an introvert and you work in a really large organization or a big company and you're constantly with people, you might be able to get some alone time by just taking a walk by yourself or, you know doing some meditation for a few minutes, someplace quiet away from others. So there's no, the message here, the point here is that there's no right or wrong way to be, but it's important for you to know who you are and what might optimize your overall well-being. Another um, important thing here is to also make note of not labeling or telling others what's good for them, but encouraging them to discover that for themselves. Now, relationships are all around us from our friends to the people we work with to the people who are at home. And a lot of times relationships might detract from our energy. And those relationships are filled with doubt, worry, fear, maybe guilt or anger, perhaps even a lot of requirements. And they're catabolic. They're filled with catabolic energy. 
So if you find that you're not around people who will help you grow, either you or your relationships need to change. And so let's take a look at ways that you can deal with those types of catabolic relationships. There's actually five methods for managing them. And unfortunately, most people only use the first option when they're in catabolic relationships, even though it's the least powerful and the most ineffective of all the methods. And that is remain a victim to it. So this includes just accepting a feeling of loss of control or uncontrolled anger, maybe even grief or depression, but remaining in a relationship which decreases your energy can really drain you until nothing is left. Another method for managing catabolic relationships is to leave it. If you don't like the relationship and you can't or won't remain in it, change it or change the way you look at or accept it, then your option is to leave or end the relationship. You can respect the other person and yourself, um, but just know that sometimes the individual chemistry and makeup of a relationship just can't really exist. So there doesn't need to be any judgment here. It's just making a responsible choice to leave the relationship. Another option is to accept the relationship. And in this case, you're really suspending any judgment, stress, or burden that's associated with that relationship. You're accepting it as it is. And the relationship is really just an experience that doesn't require anything but being at peace for where it is at this moment in time. It could also mean that it's just not worth the effort to change it. So think about which relationships you want to accept. I also probably should have asked you when talking about the second option, which was leaving the relationship, to consider which relationships that you might need to decide that you need to remove from your life. The fourth option is to change the relationship. So recognizing that you can take a proactive approach to change the relationship or maybe some part of the relationship so that you can continue to benefit from it might be helpful as well. Here you might be finding a common point of agreement that enables the relationship to continue on. You can develop some coping mechanisms or even take action from some higher levels of energy in order to shift your own energy and the energy of others. The final option is to change the relationship by changing your perspective. So rather than changing the relationship with actions and behaviors, a relationship can also be changed through shifting how you look at it. So asking yourself questions such as, how can you look at this relationship with a fresh pair of eyes? You might ask yourself how you can see the other person from a new vantage point. Maybe even how can you experience the relationship from a different position? So which of the perspectives that I just mentioned can you see yourself using? 
again, there's no right or wrong answer. These are just questions for you to consider. Another way to, to deal with difficult people and to improve your energy through any social interaction is to develop better communication skills. So no matter if you're an introvert or an extrovert, developing strategies for communicating with those around you can be essential to creating the experiences that you want to have with others. Listening is the most important aspect of communication. It's through listening that we learn and we're able to grow. And unfortunately, very few people do it well. You can be a very powerful force by learning to listen. Listening to others can help you understand their perspective, their concerns, their ideas, their needs. And when you first seek to understand, you really listen with a beginner's mind, open ears, open heart. There's no judgment. Filters are gone. And you're just as excited to learn about whatever it is that the person is sharing with you than they are to share it. Now, this is another sort of like reflection question that oftentimes might not necessarily result in the answer that we would hope for, but that's okay because we're all able to learn and grow. What kind of listening do you use most often? And the three options are subjective, objective, or intuitive listening. Now, subjective listening is really based on the agenda or the needs of the listener. So whatever is said is heard through the experiences of you or the listener. And oftentimes it rarely satisfies the person who is speaking. Everyday listening is typically subjective. Objective listening is a little bit more of a deeper level of listening when the listener is completely focused on the person who is speaking. There's no thoughts about how any of the information relates to you or to the listener. And it's very effective, but it still doesn't really get to the heart of the matter, if you will. Even so, listening at this level will dramatically improve communication. And then the third type of listening, intuitive listening, is really the deepest level of listening to where the listener is hearing all of the components and connecting to the speaker's real message. The listener's paying attention to not only what the speaker is saying, but also to their tone of voice, their feelings, their energy levels, etc., Additionally, the listener is also paying attention to what's not being said. So it's really like you're listening or hearing between the lines and tuning into what's really being said. So again, what kind of listening do you use more often and how can you begin to shift to using more objective and intuitive listening? That is where we're going to pause or end in terms of social influencers. So tying everything together, again, we talked about social, emotional, mental, spiritual, 
physical and environmental influencers. I really hope that the last several weeks of this series were helpful for you. If you missed any of the episodes or you want to go back and refresh your memory on any of them, I invite you to do so. And as always, if there's any questions or something wasn't clear or maybe there's an area that you want me to elaborate on a little bit more, I'd be more than happy to do so. I appreciate your time and I will catch you on the next one. Take care.